Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Before we begin this portion of the evening, I just wanted to um, very quickly uh, call out, uh, we have some dear, dear friends, uh, Tariah and Fred, who are with us. Can you just wave your hands, Tariah and Fred? Um, So their mom, Renee, is one of the greatest prayer warriors in the history of our ministry, and she went to be with the Lord this year, actually just recently, and so it was just a very heartbreaking thing. Uh, it's still hard. We're still kind of grieving. It's, it's recent. But I just wanted to, to say we uh, so love you guys. And um, having Renee here at GP Hop for probably three years, truly one of the most inspired prayer warriors I have ever met. And her prayers are going to continue to be answered. So some of y'all are going to get blessed years from now. And it was Renee praying. Um, her Praise God, her prayers will continue to be answered. That's how it works. But just wanted to say before we got started, I was so blessed that you guys were able to make it. And uh, Renee is one of those women. We're going to mention a lot of names tonight. She made a huge impact on this community. And um, she's feeling pretty great right now. I don't know if she can see us or how that all works, but um, just wanted to mention that before we got going. So thank you, uh, Fred and Tariah, for being here. Your, your mom was truly a gem and super, super thankful to have shared life with her for a season. Amen. Okay. Just wanted to say that that was, that was number one. All right. I'll give it to you, Bob. Well, again, good evening, everybody, and thank you for being out here for tonight for the special occasion of the uh, 10-year anniversary for uh, GP Hop. And, and um, I'm Bob C. I'm uh, uh, one of the directors at Agape School of Supernatural Ministry in Peoria and also part of the Arise 309 ministry, which uh, Adam uh, Moser on, over to the, I guess you're far right, he's uh, also in that ministry, and he, he and his wife Kelly also have their ministry, Innovative Faith, and he, and uh, I'll turn the microphone to him in a second here. But, but um, uh, tonight we wanted to have the opportunity for, um, uh, for Derek and Mandy to tell their story, okay? Um, I think probably many people in the room already are somewhat familiar with, with just how they got started and everything. But I know there's many other folks who don't know the story. And it's just really, really important that we hear stories like this of how a ministry gets started because God is calling out other people to start other ministries. Uh, uh, The Holy Spirit, uh, I think there's people in this room that that the Holy Spirit uh, wants to give you a vision and to give you um, uh, a sense of calling and to see some examples of what can happen when you give yourself over totally to Jesus and commit to Him and are willing to be used by Him. 
And so that's the value, you know, that's part of the value of, of hearing uh, Mandy and Derek's story here tonight. And so we're going to be asking them some questions about uh, uh, just how things got started and so on. And, and uh, right now I'm just going to turn the mic over to Adam and I'll let him get started with all that. Well, one of the things that I wanted to share tonight because I thought, you know, Manny and Derek aren't going to toot their own horns, but we're going to toot it for them. We're excited about them. We're excited about the vision that God has for them, that God has given them for not just this house of prayer, but prayer for our region and churches coming together. Um, I love the way that they unify the body of Christ and oh, come on, man. choking up already. Um, <laughs> So the other thing that I was like, well, Derek's not going to do this, but I will. Uh, if you want to give, there are ways to give on the back wall. Please bless the house of prayer through your finances as well. And, uh, and so, um, you know, if you, all you have is big bills, that's enough too. So you can go that route as well. Just bless them. And um, I was thinking about this as Bob was talking. You know, there are people in here that have, God's put ministries on your heart or different ways to serve. And... Some of that will probably be fueled by you being in the house of prayer, coming. It's not just saying, oh, we're coming and serving this ministry, but that you're coming with the body of Christ. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, right? It's in the psalm. He refers to it again in the Gospels. And so this is part of what a house of prayer looks like. And, uh, and so come out as often as you can. Uh, we have littles. We know how difficult that is, but at the same time, it's worth it. Every time we come, it doesn't matter if I'm telling them to put their shoes on and not get splinters or whatever. Just come out with your kids and be, let them be in the presence of the Lord. Let, whether they seem like they're engaging or not, they're picking up on what God is doing. And so we're excited about um, what God is doing through this house of prayer that we're from many different congregations around the area, and that's awesome. We are, I often say, some of our regional gatherings are like family reunions, right? You don't get to see your distant cousins all the time, but you do when we join together in the house of prayer. And so we're excited about what God's doing, and we believe that this is going to be another advancement of what God's doing in these next 10 years for this region. And, uh, and so... I, I thought um, Bob and I worked on a, he, I should say we worked on, he worked on and sent me some questions. And I was like, those are good, Bob. So the first question, this is uh, not super difficult, but when and where did you guys meet? Okay. I got this down. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I was a freshman at ICC and Derek was also, and uh, I got invited to a Chi Alpha, which is a Christian organization that meets on ICC and Bradley's campus. And uh, when I got invited, the campus pastor at the time was out of town. We were meeting at their house. And so he asked one of the students to speak at the, at the meeting. And so that is when I first saw Derek. He was the one that got asked as a, I don't know, how old were you? Like 20 or so? I was 18. I was like 10 years old. <laughs> Um, he, he got up and he shared about the importance of spending one hour a day with Jesus. And when he shared that, I first of all was like, he's really cute. And second of all, like, wow, people do that? You know, I grew up Methodist and I, I loved God, but I, I wasn't really fully surrendered to him or he wasn't really a priority in my life. But when he shared with me that if you spend an hour a day with Jesus, 
it will change your life. When you shared that with me, I was like, I believed it. I was like, I believe this, Lord. Like, I want my life to be changed. And so I just began, like, living that out by the grace of God. And I'm not good at that at all, by the way. But I just began consistently seeking God. And I could just see, like, my life getting transformed. And so he was, in, the, in one sense, speaking into his destiny, you know, at the time. And so it wasn't until years later that anything formed between us. I, I liked it for a while, and I kept, like, denying it and casting it out and stuff like that. But God knew <laughs> that we were meant to be. And so um, that is how we met. Anything else you want to add? And now we have five kids, and our four-year-old comes up to mom and says, Mom, get your Bible. Sit on the couch. We have to do Bible time. So now we have all these little Holy Spirits running around the house, Holy Spirit speaking through. So um, our, our, our meeting together story is precious, and I, I love telling it. She remembers all the details. I just remember that we met. And you have all the dates figured out, but um, it's, um, you know, the journey of falling in love and, you know, exchanging vows and having kids. There's many ups and downs. There's hard, hard days and good days, but um, the Lord knew I needed this uh, beautiful lady, and it's literally like the only reason we've been able to do this for 10 years. So thank you. Thank you, sweetie. All right. Back to Bob. Well, I... I you know, we want to get into just, you know, just how the ministry unfolded, where you guys got vision and stuff. But I just want to follow up on that for a second here. Tell us, how do you um, manage with five kids and and maintain a, a full-time ministry, you know, both of you actively involved? Just speak into that a little bit. Just uh, uh, how do you keep the priorities straight and how do you make that work? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know if we have it figured out. Um, when we started House of Prayer, we had two kids. Three. We had three, four, two, and just born. Six months. Okay. And now, ten years later, so we have five kids, but now one's fourteen. So, so much. It just everything keeps changing every year. I feel like there's so much change that it's like we. We need Jesus every year. It's like every day. That's really how we've done it. It's just, it's like, God, you've guided us this direction. We need you to help us. And I think that's the only way we've been able to do what we've, we've been called to do is just we, we daily press into him. And I know that's kind of the spiritual answer. It's not necessarily the practical answer. But I just feel like so inadequate to do what God's called me to do. But then you look back and we're like, we've done it for 10 years. Like, how did that happen? And I just say, it's, it's the Lord. It's amazing people. But maybe you could share more specifics on that. Yeah, go ahead. Your, your answer will be better. I just think that we have to be a team. You know, like even our kids, too. They're just such a, a huge part of what we do. And even from, you know, watching Zeke right now. So we can actually be up here together. Um, so I think just just relying on them, having them be a part to, of our lives to make everything run smoothly, you know? Like, there's a lot of details. There's a lot of, I mean, no matter what, if you're doing a ministry or if you're full-time working, you just have to work together and you have to, like, ask crap to Jesus and prioritize what's first and foremost, like, what's really important in your life. And if, 
if you know your, your quiet time or your devotions are kind of slipping to the sidelines, you need to come back together and say, like, what can we do? What do we need to get rid of in order for us to make this a priority again? And so, like, for us, obviously, night, nightly prayer meetings here at the House of Prayer, that's a priority, and just spending time with Jesus, and obviously just being together with, a, with our family, and sometimes that mean, it might mean, like, I might need to not uh, work as much, so I'm a nurse, and I work part-time, and so it just, you know, we just have to evaluate, like, what is our priorities, and work as a team. Yeah, I'll say one other thing, too. Yeah, we... So I left the corporate world to do the ministry world. And, and, you know, my journey is not necessarily right or wrong. You know, there's bivocational. There's all kinds of right answers. But, um, you know, I was full-time Caterpillar when the Lord called me to do full-time this. Mandy was full-time OSF. Now she's more part-time working uh, actually for my mom's company. And so every season has had different challenges, but we just kind of pray for wisdom. Like, Lord, what does your will look like this year, this season. And, you know, we don't always nail it. We don't always get like an A-plus on following, you know, everything. But I think as long as our heart is, you know, like we're at, we're a team and we're really sincere and we can kind of course correct when we're a little like veering off, um, you know, we kind of feel like, oh, we're too busy. You know, what do we need to prune back? Or, you know, oh, we need to focus over here. And that's just, I think, as you follow Jesus, that's, that's, um, that's how we've been able to well that's how he's he's kept us going i guess is how you would say it but um but yeah there's there's probably a lot more we could say but um and i I will say this our kids you know when you think about raising kids in a ministry you know there's there's a lot of challenges to being full-time ministry our kids actually get asked by other kids like is there a lot of pressure being you know you're your dad and mom do pastoral work and you guys are in ministry. Is there like all this pressure? And our kids are like, well, this is normal to us. You know, there's not really, we don't think like that. But I do want to say that our kids have been like our heroes. You know, they've grown up in these prayer meetings and, and there's been so many times where I'm so discouraged. It's just us again. You know, there's no one here. And, and you know, little three-year-old, two-year-old Noah will be like, Dad, God spoke to me uh, to pray this. And, you know, there's just been dozens if not hundreds of times where our own kids prophesied to us or prayed for us and we're just like this is this is wise to raise a family doing this because your kids end up encouraging you so keep your kids involved in ministry don't stuff them in a side room keep them right there with you through everything and you you're you're shocked when it's like just the other night we were locking up joshua my 10 year old looked at me it was just us two we were the last two and he was helping turn off the lights, you know, he loves to help. And he said, Dad, uh, I really liked your Bible study tonight. You're really good at that. And it was like Jesus himself spoke through my 10-year-old child. And I was like, I guess I'm supposed to do this. Oh my gosh. You know, and it's like the, it's the most amazing thing when you involve your family and you, do, and you follow the Lord. Like, he surprises you through, and, and just through your own kids. That's what... If there's anything I could say, it's through my own kids. That's what shocked me the most. Um, and, and they've helped us do this just as much as we've like trained them up in the way we think they should go. They've, in turn, blessed us. So that's been a huge part of it. Just real quick. <laughs> One more side note, too. Um, I just want to share you guys, with you guys our very first prayer meeting as a family at the House of Prayer my kids, my boys, uh, Caleb was four, Noah two, and Josh was six months old. And 
I was like so excited, like this is our first prayer meeting in this building. It's going to be powerful, mighty, and and no, I don't remember the date, but um, it was ten years ago, around this time. Uh, so. Anyway, I just was like really excited to, to be together. We're going to like dedicate this place to the Lord and just have a great family prayer time. And it was a zoo. We got here. My kids were running around and no one was listening. I was just getting frustrated the whole time. So was Derek. We're like, what did we sign up for, Lord? Like, is this really worth it? And I just look back at that very first prayer meeting and I just laugh because God's so faithful. Like, just as, as Derek's saying, just raising your kids in the house of the Lord, it will be hard. There will be a lot of tantrums and a lot of frustrating parts, but it's, gonna be, it's worth it. And so, um, you know, God just has given me a heart for my kids, just that they're growing up to be mighty men, women of the Lord. And so, anyways, I just, just uh, God's just funny like that, like, just that first prayer meeting. I'll never forget that. Okay, um, uh, that, that's awesome. Those were great answers for us to and just get a little insight into your family, how you all unfolded this thing. But um, uh, th- let's jump back to, uh, okay, you're married, you're in the corporate world, Mandy, you're uh, uh, serving as a nurse full-time. How did you get this vision for full-time ministry, the transition? Just walk us through um, uh, all those dynamics, all the, you know, who first started to think about this and, and just how did it unfold in your lives and and uh, and then you know th- those big decisions of of stepping away from the corporate world and and going to um, uh, you know missionary work and so on. So j- j- yeah, just walk through that, walk us through that. Oh man, okay. Can I start? I'll start. Um, this is the the quickest possible. I'll do like the one minute version. Ever since I got saved at 18 years old, for some reason. I've wanted, I've had this idea of like unending church. I I had no idea what IHOP was at the time. I had never been told this. I remember there was a specific service. I was at Riverside, John King pastoring. And I remember I went to an altar call and I kept praying, Lord, let them pray. Do one more song. One more, you know, because they were closing service and I kept praying, Lord, one more song. And they kept doing another song. I was like, I am so powerful. This is, this works. Prayer is awesome. And I was so young in the Lord, I'd just gotten saved, and I'm like, God does whatever I say. Oh my goodness, this is awesome, I'm in. And I just kept, and then the thought dawned on me, what if the team just never stopped, and you could stay there all day and just worship and seek God? And, and I was just really marked at that, like 18 years old. I had just gotten saved. It was 18 or 19 years old. And ever since then, I, I had this like, well, what if we did that? What if church just never ended, and you just come whenever you want? And then I started hearing years later about IHOP and how there's people doing this stuff. And I was like, whoa, you know, bring that here. But never thought in a million years, like, I would be a part of helping start one. And so that, you know, what started at 18 years old, that was a seed that grew for, I mean, how many years? So we started this when I was in my early 30s. So, I mean, that was in my heart for like 18 years. I mean, just forever just kind of believing for it. And we were a part of groups that would pray and do 24-hour prayer and all these things. But then I call it like the big transition happened. It all started in, in earnest. Did, did you guys remember when Behold Him, they did that at Bradley Epworth in like 2013? or It was like 24 or 48 hours of prayer. Yes, like, but it was like a 21-day. Oh, 21 yeah. yeah, it was 
uh, Rob and Daryl Neal, Rob Waldo, my uh, dear friend Rob Waldo, and Daryl Neal and I, it was a citywide thing called Behold Him. And I was like, man, if we're going to pray for like 21 days, I'm just going to fast and just we're going to go all out. And it was in that time where I started to sense my whole life was going to transition. And there's, that's, a, that's a big story. Um, out of that, I started to sense like I need to do this like full time. And that's when I said the prayer, Lord, if this is really you, I'm going to put out some conditions because I don't want to just kind of, you know, make up some big, huge transition where I go from this job to that job. Lord, I need to know this is you. And that's, this is a little bit longer story, but I said, Lord, if this is really you, just give me a building and I'll do it. I really said that. I told zero people. I didn't even tell my wife because, I mean, it was one of those holy moments where I'm like, I'm not going to mess around with this thing. I'm not going to say it and then try to fulfill it. Like, Lord, if this is really you, there's three things. One of them, I thought the hardest was going to be the building. Then I just said, just give me a building. And, and if, if you do that, I'll know this is real. <laughs> I literally thought I'd have years to just think about that and just be like, God, you haven't done it, so I don't have to do it because it's such a big thing. It was weeks, weeks. Scott Schilling randomly contacted me, and we hadn't like chatted about this at all. And he's like, I've got this building, and, and it's open. If you ever wanted to do House of Prayer, it's yours. And it spooked me. I mean, I mean, genuinely freaked me out. I was like, dude, God's real. And that started what we're doing now. I mean, it's a longer story, but it, it, was, it was like God undeniably saying, I'm in this. You do it, not guaranteeing it's going to be easy, you know, it'll be painful at times, but I got the sense that it was him. So we, you know, we transitioned from corporate to this. And I also had a pretty clear sense it would be very small for, for a while. And I, I thought a while meant like a couple years. But the, the, the emphasis that God wanted to put here was not a big thing. He just wanted it to, to burn kind of, he just wanted to just to steadily burn in our community. And if he wants to grow it, he can grow it. Um, but that's kind of how it began. Mandy, do you want to add to that? So you're asking, <laughs> I forgot since he was talking so long. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't say that short. How did you guys process Yes. Okay. What am I going to say? You're just freaked out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that. Um, I, I mean, like like Derek, when I was 18 years old, I went to a One Thing conference, and I got um, connected to the International House of Prayer, and I remember going to the House of Prayer in Kansas City, and just my heart would just come alive there, and I remember being like, this is what I'm made to do. Like, I felt just the call to be an Anna, to seek God, to be in that place of prayer, and I just, I just really like wanted it in our city. I'm like, like the Lord, I never really had a heart for Peoria, especially when I was trying to figure out what college I wanted to go to. I wanted to get it far away from Peoria, but God put me in Peoria for college and I got involved in, you know, this uh, college group. And, um, and so he, he really gave me a heart for the city and, um, and I just really wanted a house of prayer. And so even before Derek and I started dating, courting, we both had these separate just desires that God has put in our heart. And so we knew it was going to happen one day or like whenever, like we just knew someday it would happen. You know, I was working at OSF, Derek Caterpillar. So it took a while. But um, as far as the transition goes, um, I just, 
I feel like one thing that really helped me personally to transition, because Derek was bringing up all these ideas, like thoughts about leaving Caterpillar, which is a very stable job with benefits. And we had three small boys. I'm like, how is this going to work? Like, I had a lot of fear in my heart, a lot of fear of financial provision, what people are going to think. I will. What people are going to think. What if this doesn't work out? Like, it's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of, like, fears when you start a new ministry. And so the Lord in his goodness gave me a dream. And it's a lot of you probably have already heard this dream before because I've shared it a lot. But uh, this, this dream really helped me and it has helped me so much just over the past 10 years, even just thinking about it. But I was standing in front of these humongous buildings and on my right hand side was Jesus. And I knew in my spirit that we were about to go up. And if I would think about it now, like I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But I was terrified in my dream. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, that is horrifying. And so um, I almost ran away, but something rose up inside of me, and I reached down, and I grabbed Jesus' hand, and I said, I trust you, Jesus. And as soon as I said that, we started flying. Straight up we went, and we went up and down around these beautiful buildings, just such vibrant colors. I remember just laughing out loud in my dream, just the joy of the Lord um, was just on me. And... uh, and that was the dream, and I, I know that God was speaking to me, just that I need to trust him in this process, and I don't want to you know, look back on my life. What if we didn't start the house of prayer? What if we, I didn't take this step of faith or step out of my comfort zone? What if this didn't happen? But I'm so grateful that God has given, given us the grace just to say, I trust you, Jesus. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. We believe in faith that things, mighty things are going to happen. We have. We've seen amazing things. It's been, it's been hard. It's been good, up and down. But, um, you know, just wherever you guys are at, like, I hope this helps you just know that, if, um, that Jesus is there. And if you hold his hand, you just trust him. He's going he's gonna to make you soar and, and, you know, just help you fulfill what God has called you to fulfill for your lives. Yeah, we had no idea, like, starting a prayer ministry was so intense. Like, if we would have known, here's what you're going to encounter, we would have been like, no way. But Jesus is like, just take my hand and we're going to fly. But it's so real. Like, there's so many intense moments where it's like, I cannot tell you the, the amount of difficulties we've encountered that were just completely not even a thought when we started. But we've seen so many miracles. I, I just remember, I'm going to, um, I, I don't know if I should say this. Um, maybe I won't say names. But I mean, there's been times where we're like, we, we won't make it financially. This is just impossible. And then someone would like show up at our, we'd like literally pray. I remember we prayed and then someone here in this room literally came like right after we prayed randomly. Okay. Okay, so this was kind of degressing from the question, but um, I remember we were like a few a, a few years in and I was downstairs exercising and I'm like, Jesus, like, how are we going to pay for our groceries this week? Like, we don't have money. Like, I'm just pouring out my heart like, God, this, we need a miracle. We need like groceries to pay, you know, buy groceries for our kids. And at the moment I was praying, someone came and knocked on our door and handed us, handed Derek, I didn't know this, a check. We took that money, we went to Aldi, we spent the exact ma- amount, maybe a dollar or more or less, and we got the, that week's groceries. And I just, you know, that's just like a little thing, but it was so meaningful to me personally because 
it was just, I know it wasn't like a ton of money, but it was just a little bit, but like, it was just so meaningful because I was just praying at that moment and God heard it at that moment, sent someone then there and then like, just God's just so good. So just a little okay. side note. I'll finish that story. Um, and then we'll go, but probably a hundred ways like that in the last 10 years where we're just like, I don't know. I have no idea. Like we, and then the Lord would just meet our needs so specifically. Cause I remember we took that check, we went straight to the grocery store and I just said, man, you just get whatever you need. And what, what we needed, it was like the exact amount. And so that just kept, you know, stories like that just kept happening. And we're like, I don't know if this is how we're supposed to do it, but you just keep doing things for us. And so I guess we're, and it's just like one year and then two years. And it's just like, I guess it's going to work out. And so anyway, um, I just wanted to, to throw that in there because there's just a lot of ways where we're like, we didn't know how much we were going to need to trust the Lord because we talk about God of miracles. We talk about how we want miracles, but to, to get a miracle, you actually need a miracle. And that's where we as American Christians, we're, we're like, wait a second, I don't want to be in that position. And so I have to have a plan B, C, and D. And, and it's like when the Lord literally strips away all your plans, and you don't have a backup at all, and you just don't have money, you don't have personnel, you don't, you don't have anything, but all you can do is just cry to the Lord, and then you see him intervene. You're like, that's what he meant by house of prayer. He's, he's like, he wants to show up, but, you know, it's sometimes we need the miracle. And um, so anyway, that was, that was, yeah. So I want you to be thinking about, maybe one or two testimonies each that you want to share. Obviously, I said to Derek, I was like, go through your newsletters over the last 10 years and what, what have been some of the stories? That, so be thinking of that. Um, one of the things that, um, so the garage was a ministry that used to meet in this room. And um, when Chi Alpha Prayer was happening, I had said, you know, if a house of prayer ever starts in the Peoria region, the garage won't be needed. It'd be redundant. There's no purpose for it. And, uh, and so that was the transition. I don't know if I prophesied that, but I'm thankful for that transition of what was happening at the garage, what was happening at Chi Alpha, even in, in the Saturday night prayer that you guys, or you had Friday night prayer, like you, those things transitioned into what we see today. And so, um, so yeah, go ahead. You have, go ahead. Well, I do, I do want to say, um, that transition season, Scott Schilling had a ton to do with that. And that initial transition from the garage leadership at the time, sensing a shift, they helped spearhead what we're doing. And many of the garage folks who, because um, I think Nancy had transitioned and Scott was leading at the time, many of the garage folks were like, let's do House of Prayer. And I'm like, okay. If you guys are in, I'm in. And so they really, um, so it was the garage group and then Jeremy Estabrook. Jeremy, do you remember? Jeremy was contacting me going, if you do House of Prayer, I'll be your first staff member. And I'm like, okay. And so it, God used the garage and Scott and Nancy and Jeremy and just, it was just like a whirlwind. And I'm like, and now we got a building that what is happening? It was like this craziest whirlwind season. And so we started, um, but I don't know if we would have ever, I mean, it's nice to get a building, but you got to have people. 
And so there was a season where, I mean, I still remember Ryan Robinson one morning just, like, carrying the uh, the, the coffee pot upstairs going, Derek, we're going to be here at 6 in the morning. I got coffee. I'm like, okay. You know, and so there was just so many people that really I look at, you know, and, and, and I get, you know, God gives assignments for a season and then moves people on. And I totally honor that. But they, that group helped, like, spring us into what we're called to. And, and. GP Hop is a unique ministry, and so many people come for a year or two. That's their assignment, and then the, the, the Lord moves them on. But like each little group that comes through, like gives us fresh wind and helps us. And uh, and then there, but there's some who've who've stuck like the whole ten years. I did, I did want to mention uh, Lene and David, Lene Kellum and David Souter. Okay, where are you at, David? Are you here? Okay, Lene, put your hand up, please. Okay, and who else? David Souter, Lene Kellum. The whole Kellum family. Okay, yeah, you got you guys get grandfathered in because of Lene. So we've had some groups that have just kind of come in and, and added some fuel to the fire for a season, but then we've been really also blessed with kind of the lifers. And so thank you, Lene and David Souter, uh, Lene Kellum, David Souter, and, and then, so we watched David get married. I mean, all that, all that worship lead man, the Lord's like, here you go. Boom, but hey, now they got a baby on the way. And, um, and, and what I say is, you know, if every single person in this room, the Lord called you somewhere else tomorrow, I celebrate that. You know, we're not here to collect a bunch of people and keep you in something that God hasn't called you to. But as we've just been like, follow Jesus some have moved on to other assignments and, and some have just like, wow, how have you been here this long and put up with this for this long? Oh my gosh, like that, you get extra points in heaven for actually sticking with this small prayer gathering. But I just wanted to honor you guys for uh, your faithfulness. The Lord will never forget that. Um, I know we're way off track by now. But... Testimony. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to say? No, just testimony. Okay. I want you to make sure you share the there's too many testimonies. One of the one of the one of the craziest testimonies. Okay, the building one that still freaks me out. I'm like, I guess we have to do this the rest of our life. Because until God does something crazier than that, like I guess we're in forever. And you know that. So I tell people, God has given us a, a unique call, and until He says do something else, this is what we're doing. Whether it's two or three or two or three thousand, we're just doing it. Um, but one day, I'd say two, three years in, you know, typical prayer, morning prayer meeting. Uh, there's a back table right where uh, uh, Tariah is sitting. We had a little back table there. And I get there, it's like 6.45 in the morning, and I'm sitting there, and it's like just me and Jesus. And I'm like, Lord, I thought like, you know, revival would happen, and this place would be full, and like, well, I don't even know what to do. And I was just having a discouraging morning, and I hadn't had my coffee yet or something. Um, cause that brings the Holy spirit. Just so just a little secret. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I just remember pouring out like the Psalms. I was pouring out my complaint to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, I don't even, there's no one here. And I don't even know how to get people here. Cause we're just this weird prayer ministry that you called me to. And you gave me this building and I don't even have a website to point people to. So if I meet someone, I'm like literally going through all this stuff in my brain. 
that I don't even have a website. And 10 years ago, that was kind of a thing. Now it's like apps and stuff. Um, and I just remember saying that to the Lord, like whispering it, just like so like, it's the end of the world. I don't have a website. You know, it was one of those mornings. And I kid you not, the second I said that, my phone just went bing. And I literally thought to myself, I'm not going to look at that. I'm in a prayer meeting. And my next thought was, it's not going so good. Just, <laughs> just check your email. And I don't know if it was me or the Holy Spirit, but someone's just going bing, 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 you know, bouncing. And I look at it, and it's my friend Keith Lang. And he emailed me and he said, Derek, you're not going to believe this. This is on my like iPhone 4, you know, it was eight years ago. You're not going to believe this. God woke me up this morning earlier than normal and said, make Derek a logo for his website. And I just looked at this email and I'm going, I was just talking to you. And what? So you set that in motion because you knew I was going to say that. And then just as soon as I said it, you send me the, like Keith sends me the email and so literally, Keith's like, here's the mock-up. What do you think? If you like it, we'll, we'll build a website. And to this day, this is the logo that Keith made. There it is. And I'm like, Keith, I don't, I don't really know a lot about logos, but I like it. Just build it. And I'm taking it. I'm putting on all my clothes. I'm going to order stuff. Because what it means to me is more than just you know it looking slick. It's, it's the moment that God spoke and was like, you little guy, I got you. I know everything you're thinking. You know, I caused you to this. You, you think it's not going to work. It'll, it'll be what it's supposed to be. And so, and, and guys, my dream isn't that this be the biggest thing in the world. My dream, my dream is to be faithful. And so it's not like, you know, oh, hang in there. It'll be huge one day. That's, I want my heart to be huge. And I think when you take that approach, Lene and I were just talking about this the other night. It's like, it's totally different than we thought it would be. But you see the wisdom of it when like just a few people come in and they get deeply touched and then they can go move on with their life with a little, little bit more of Jesus. And so, um, yeah, is that okay? And you should share uh, the Shirley one too. There's too many. Okay. All right, well, okay, I'll share first. Just do a quick one. I don't, I don't remember this, that, those details. So, okay, well, just... Do you want to share with it? Share. No. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so I don't know what to share, but uh, I guess a couple things that come to my mind is that, um, you know, pretty much every single night, like what we pray for in the house of prayer is, Lord, bring in more intercessors, more prayer warriors into this place, God. And um, I told Joe, Joe, I was going to say this, but God has brought two has brought two of the most faithful prayer warriors here. One of them is Renee. And just that, it was just such a God thing. She and her family moved right next to the house of prayer. This was like about three or so years ago. And, um, and just her steadfastness and consistency, just coming almost every night, like so spurred me on because this was like during COVID when there was like nobody. And I want to say Joe, too, he's our neighbor. He lives right across the fence from us. We, we've known him for, yeah, 10 years or more. And he started coming maybe four years ago. What do you think? Oh, way more Five years ago. And he is also here almost every single night praying. And those two people have so spurred me on 
just to keep going um, because of their faithfulness and their commitment and um, just their love for Jesus and their, their sincerity. And if you if you want prayer, if we want more people to pray for you, you need to talk to Joe. Like it's just great. The people he meets here at the House of Prayer, he'll come the next day and pray for Peg by name or pray for Agnes and Naomi and you know whoever like he meets Isaac whoever he meets like he carries those people in his heart and I'm just like man Joe like you gotta get to get to know like some intercessors you know like so I'm just grateful that we know him he prays for us a lot um so I just I think that just sticks out in my mind just God is so good that we that they have come and are just so faithful um I mean also just the testimonies of healings we've seen I remember when Caleb was 10 years old, um, Samid had a really bad shoulder injury and it was just extremely painful. His shoulder was hurting. And he asked Caleb, who's 10 years old at the time, like, Hey, can you pray for me? So Caleb's like, Lord, heal Samid. And he's like, a little longer than that, but, and he's like, Oh my goodness, the pain's gone. He's like freaking out, just like moving his shoulder all around, like jump up, jumping up and down, like so ecstatic. And Caleb's like, whoa, like God actually used me, you know, just those like little moments where the Lord, like, you know, used my, my little boy to, to pray for someone and to see someone healed. And, you know, we've seen many, uh, um, like, you know, knee injuries healed. And another guy from IHOP Kansas city came in with also a shoulder injury um, from like college and he was completely healed. He was like throwing things in the prayer room, showing that he was all better. Um, and just like, and, and you know, just the people that have come in who've, who've been just depressed or anxious or way down coming and receiving prayer and leaving like a totally different person. I feel like that's like me almost every night. Honestly, I come into the house of prayer. I'm like, Oh, this, I'm just so discouraged. I'm tired. I'm worn down. Like, and I just feel like when I'm able to support out my heart to the Lord, God just refreshes me. And so I feel like part, like one of the hugest testimonies of this place is just in my own life, what God has done inside of me, changed me, challenged me, you know, just even the, the growth that he has enabled me to go through because it has been so small and, um, and just the, the testing and everything. Um, but it's, it's, we want to do this for Jesus, you know, like we're not, like Derek said, we're not doing this to be huge and famous one day. Like we just want to be found faithful. Like Lene was singing. I love that song by Justin Rizzo. We want to be found faithful. We want to be found steady. We want to be found faithful to the end. Um, and so that's just our heart's cry. And I feel like we, I can say a lot of other testimonies, but those are the ones that stick out. Can I, can I do one more? Yeah. Shirley's friend. Um, I do want to say this because I, I like to say this often. You know, what we're called to do is, is be one of many um, expressions of Jesus' church in our community. This isn't like what we do is not like the best thing or like the, the new thing. Like Jesus' church is so big and there's so many valid expressions. I think of the soup kitchens. I think of the evangelism that goes on. Um, I think, you know, and so don't, please don't think like, we, we don't think that this is like the greatest thing, you know, like prayer ministry is important. It's critical. I just don't want anybody to, to feel like, oh man, where I go isn't doing that. No, that's equally important. And so, you know, we are, a, I, this is how I describe it, we're a unique expression of Jesus' local church. Okay, so there's like hundreds of expressions of local church in our community. 
we're just playing one small part. Like literally today during my quiet time, I was like, Lord Jesus, touch every pastor. Send revival to every single church. Surprise us. I am really wanting every church to win and every pastor to encounter the Lord and faithfully shepherd. It's, I don't think Jesus wants like one ministry to win. It's, I'm certainly not going that direction, and I don't want people to think like, you know, sometimes you share a few cool stories, and they're like, man, God is with them more than anybody. No, so many churches have these kinds of stories, and so just follow Jesus, you know, be faithful where he's planted you, and, um, and pray, pray with us if you'd like to. Um, but I just wanted to, to make that um, clear. Um, one of the things I've always carried is I, I feel like God wants to use us to see people physically healed. It's just one of those things, like probably top two or three things were called to prayer, but I've always felt like, Lord, I, I just feel like you've given this community a mandate almost, like to, to believe for healing. And we've seen many people touched physically, but the surely one was like the probably the most significant one we've seen in 10 years. And that was, I literally felt so from the Lord to have like a healing service. I like put on Facebook, healing service tonight, you know? And so we get like three people instead of two. And so that's how it was that night. But Shirley showed up. Shirley, she was our old bookkeeper. We've had a number of bookkeepers. Praise God for all of them. They're the most amazing ladies. But Shirley was our bookkeeper at the time. She's like, Derek, I saw you posted that you're believing for healing. So I'm showing up. For my friend who's in the hospital, they say she's going to die tonight unless there's a miracle. And I literally was like, I forgot to even pray at the end of the service. Shirley had to remind me. I'm like, that dull. So at the very end of the night, we get together. There's like five of us. And I forget her name. She, did, she is with the Lord now. Um, we get together in a circle. And we prayed for like one minute total. And I was like, okay, let's go to, let's thank you for coming, Shirley, and for healing night. And there was like five people for real. And I was thinking, oh, I was hoping it was going to be like a thousand people because I put, there's a healing thing coming tonight. And, you know, this never works out like that. You think it's going to work. But that night, I kid you not, we prayed for this particular lady who was in the hospital and like literally on her deathbed. And that night she was instantly healed and they discharged her like in a few days afterward. And I didn't even find out till she was out of the hospital. I had no idea. And Shirley literally reported, she's like, Derek, that night, every category that was going wrong with her was instantly reversed the night we prayed. And I just remember going, that, that little one-minute thing we did, that, like God answered that? And it was one of those moments where you go, wow, it doesn't take a lot. You just, if you just ask... Because we think, well, maybe we got to pray for days and, you know, go on a four-day fast, then God will move. Well, that, that works. But there's times where you literally just say, Lord, just touch Adam. And boom, like, cancer's gone. Like, it's just that simple. And it's part of these last 10 years is God convincing me on, like, a fundamental level how simple so much of it is. And, like, just a little group of people on a random Tuesday night when it's snowing and no one wants to come and you just lift up the city like so much is happening and you never know what miracle is breaking forth just because you met. But that was one of those nights where the Lord made it very clear, like on any given night, a miracle could take place. So just keep doing it. Amen.
So um, the one question that we have, and I know you said, like, you just want to be faithful. What do you see the Lord directing you here in the future? I know right now it's nightly prayer. It's 7 to 8 every night, right? And uh, I know that you have pastors and leaders prayer. You have the um, harp and bowl once a month. There are different things that are going on. But is there anything that uh, you shared about the vision? But is there anything in looking into the future that you see? What does my prophet wife discern tonight? Oh, man. I don't know if I... Derek and I have even talked about some of this stuff, but... Um, Okay. What do you want to say? Something. Go ahead. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I. I mean, obviously, twenty-four-seven prayer. Like that is that is our heart. Like we would love this place to be open twenty-four-seven. We just need more people. You know, we just need um, we just need that to happen. But we're we're happy with with what's going on now, and we're gonna, by the grace of God, keep being faithful with the small. And so, but if that would happen like that'd be awesome so that's our obviously our 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 end goal like 24 7 prayer and worship a worship team up front us praying you know all day long all night long um you know just in the future i guess just continuing what we're doing adding more prayer meetings by if we're able doing i would love to do like night watches like you know like midnight to 4 a.m or 6 a.m or something like that or or 10, maybe 10 to midnight, because I'm kind of getting older. <laughs> um, I would, you know, I would love um, just more, more like, you know, he, like Derek said, like I would love to do healing prayer times and, um, you know, f- with focus on certain certain things to like really focus on. And um, I just, yeah, I don't know. This <laughs> maybe a, maybe one day we'll do like a Sunday fellowship and. You know, like, I would love to start, you know, just, I know we're not technically a church. We, we encourage all you guys to go to your own local churches, but maybe someday, like, to start our own fellowship on, like, a Sunday morning or keep it Friday nights. So I feel like there's lots of things, you know, brewing in my heart. It's just, we just want to be patient and wait on the Lord for his timing. We obviously can't make anything happen in our own strength. Like God's going to have to breathe on it and and help us and give us inspiration and give us the manpower we need to accomplish some of the things. So it's in his hands. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, I think we're going to do that. I think we, the, these first 10 years, um, we've just kind of followed Jesus, you know, and we're just going to keep doing that. And if he you know, it says, hey, now we're going to do this, we'll, we'll do that. But as far as we know, we're just going to keep being steady and faithful. Um, I've had a lot of health challenges in the last couple of years, so it's really limited my ability to, you know, do as much as I wanted, but I'm believing for complete healing. Pray for me. I've had a lot of long COVID symptoms that have just really messed with me for a couple of years. But I think it's all part of, um, it's all part of the testimony God's building. And I think it's part of the, the larger story of he wants to do like no disease known to man will stand before the church, the, the people of God. I believe the church is going to be a place where the hospitals can't cure you, but people in the church praying can because Jesus answers their prayers. I think that's where it's going. And, and not just here, but, but in many places. Um, and so I just think we're going to continue, because I get asked that a lot. What's your five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan? We've never had one. My 5, 10, 15, 20, 25-year plan is, is I'm going to follow Jesus. 
and I'm going to figure it out as we go. Because that to, that's really my most honest answer, because because God's asking us to do things I don't have a grid for. I, I just really don't, because we're not supposed to copy what everybody else is doing. We're supposed to follow Jesus for right here. So I think... I think as the Lord builds what He's doing here, it's going to look. There's going to be a different feel than even other prayer rooms. There's going to be its own kind of community flavor. So, um, but just you know, I don't, I don't know exactly. We're just going to keep praying, and and the reason why we haven't we haven't tried to be like anybody else because we feel like such a strong. We're going to just pray. We're going to. That's what we're going to do, and and. If that's all we do, quote unquote, then that I want to be obedient to that because that's why we exist. Once you start adding too many things, then you can't even pray. You don't even have the energy to pray. And so I want to just keep that. You know, I grew up Catholic. And as a kid, I would grow up and there would be all these old ladies that would stay late at church and kind of kneel before the candles and do their little prayer. And I would always be like, what are you doing? That's so extreme that you would just pray. But now that I've gotten older, I kind of... I. I get what you're we're doing there now. It's like actually fun, you know. You connect with God, and um, I, I would like to see not just, um, you know, when we think of prayer meetings in the in the traditional sense. I, I want it just to be an open room where people can just come and sit and kind of have just like a vigil, just like they just sit there and just connect with the Lord, where there's not even really active intercession going on. I want there to be many kinds of prayer. Because it's not just like high-intensity prayer that God wants. It's just seated, maybe some light music, and just talking to the Lord. Because that's how prayer was for most of history. It, you know, when you think of the upper room, sorry, I'm preaching. I'm like really feeling the Lord. I'm, I, forgive me. We, we won't go till midnight. In Acts chapter 2, that was the, probably one of the most dead prayer meetings ever. I mean, no Holy Spirit yet. Hot Middle Eastern room, no windows, no prayer language. I mean, it was hard, but then God broke into that, and I just feel like He wants to. He He wants us to keep a prayer watch, and He will meet us. Okay, did I did I? Now we want to pray for Derek and Mandy. We want to pray for the House of Prayer. Um, so I think we'll do that first. Okay, just um, uh, uh, we do want we do want to honor the time. I do want to say this though is that. Um, uh, every story they shared, every person's life that was touched, every blessing, every it was all dependent on them way back 10 years ago or even 11 years ago when, when they first said, yes, we'll do this. Um, um, you know, when we say a yes to Jesus, we have no idea what's at stake. And um, when they said, yes, uh, we'll go forward and we'll... we'll We'll start the house of prayer. Uh, everything that happened after that was totally dependent on that yes. So you'll never know. When you say yes to Jesus, you never know what's at stake. You never know the lives are going to be changed and transformed. That yes is huge. It is huge. Um, I think what we want to do... Um, so we want to pray for them. Now, if 
rather than us have you come up front and say, hey, this is a testimony, I want you to come to Derek and Mandy and say, I'm thankful that you did the House of Prayer because I want you to come and share that with them in a personal level um, because it's great that you would tell all of us, but I think realistically you need to tell them. And if you like have to scoot out, send them a message on why you're thankful that they're doing this. So um, if you would extend your hands toward Derek and Mandy, we're going to pray for this couple and for more laborers to be raised up with them. Yeah, and Derek's going to say something. And we have cake downstairs. We're going to cut it up. We're going to eat it. We're going to have fun. So Derek's got something after we pray. Yeah, thank you. Um, so just before we pray for us, please don't stop praying for us. <laughs> Add us to your prayer list. It takes prayer to pray. Uh, Paul requested prayer. And like if the Apostle Paul needs prayer, you know, we need prayer. So please uh, add us to your prayer list. But but one of the things that's kept us going is just our friendships with, with people like like you all. Thank you. Um, some of you have known us for a long time. Some of you, you've just gotten to know us. Like, you give us strength. When you come through the door and you're thinking, oh, my life's so hard. I don't even know if I'm helping. No, you're helping. Because it takes, it takes real people just going through life with problems to get, you know, to the next thing. And so just thank you for... Um, you know, just doing life with us and, and just whether you, you know, you're here a monthly or bi-monthly or, you know, you check in here and there, or you just watch on Facebook or whatever, like we could just spend all night saying specific people, but, but just thank you for, for helping us and, and just keep praying for us. All right. Lord, we thank you for Derek and Mandy. We thank you for the greater Peoria house of prayer, Lord, that you have raised them up in this community to strengthen and encourage individual believers and the body of Christ as a whole, that Derek and Mandy have a heart to lift up churches and congregations and pastors and leaders, and that they're not trying to build their own ministry, but they're saying, go forth and do the work of the Lord, that they are championing others. And so we champion them, Lord. We are standing next to them, just like when Moses couldn't keep his hands up, that he had a man on either side holding up his hand. So we come alongside Derek and Mandy, and we say we are co-laboring with you, and we pray, Lord, that you will send more laborers to join with them, more intercessors to come into this place, and there will also be more people that need prayer. I know some of the stories and the people that walk through the door that are in such need, and they just see prayer on the door, and they say, hey, I need help, and you have helped give Mandy and Derek the grace to be able to help people in times of need. Lord, there's so many uh, mature and godly people in this room, but there's so many people that need God that have walked through those doors and have met with you and have their prayers met and they've met with you face to face because of this family and their children and they've been Jesus with skin on that have been able to love and been the hands and feet of Jesus so we bless them we bless even though they're called to prayer they are serving in so many ways in this community even tomorrow when the um, festival of lights parade goes on they're out there handing out hot chocolate and blessing this community and so we just bless the way that they love and we bless the way that they raise up more and more musicians and singers and prayer leaders to come into this place. And so we thank you for them, Lord. And we say to continue on in the work of God that, and we fan into the flame the gift of God that's on your lives, Lord. And in those 
possibilities that Mandy brought up tonight, those things that are in her heart, Lord, we pray that you will bring to fruition those things that you're calling them to do and that there will be people that come alongside them and say, we want to do those with you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Uh, we disagree with all, all that Adam uh, prayed. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill both uh, Mandy and Derek afresh. Uh, that fresh fire be upon them. Um, let them um, uh, grant them the grace and the, the place, Lord, for just increased um, uh, time and, uh, with you. And that out of that, um, uh, that time with you will flow uh, uh, the ministry anointings and uh, giftings that uh, uh, you want to bestow upon them for the greater things that are coming. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that greater things would come through them. Father, we just want to decree. I just really sense that there, there is something about this night watch. That, Father God, uh, we just de uh, declare that that is going to be uh, released in this building, the night watch. Um, that you will raise up the people for this in Jesus' name. That in this upcoming year we will see, uh, it might be uh, small beginnings, but it's beginnings of a night watch. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we just declare that. That's going to take place in this, uh, in this building. The night watch will start, Father. We just declare that in Jesus' name. Uh, Father, we, uh, we cry out to you, just bestow upon them the resources they need for this ministry to, uh, to go forward. We praise your name that they are not those who would want to uh, make up a five-year plan or ten-year plan. They are those who want to follow the Holy Spirit day by day, step by step. Just uh, the light for the path right now because you will take them into that future. You will take them into the destiny they have here. And that when they hit 10 years right now, this is just the beginning. That in Jesus' name, they'll be sitting here for a 20-year anniversary. And that we'll marvel what you've done in, those next, in the upcoming 10 years, Father. We just declare that in Jesus' name. Father, we just declare over their family the protection of the Holy Spirit. Warrior angels surrounding them. That every one of their children will just be on fire for Jesus Christ. Over these next ten years, they'll just grow and they'll be raising up five prophets. They'll be raising up five who will go forth in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we just pray over their home, protection, provision, grace in every way. That, Lord, you'd bind every demonic spirit that has an assignment against this place. In Jesus' name, we just declare they are bound. And they will not be able to touch this couple in Jesus' name. And we just declare, Lord, your glory will be in this place. There are going to be times of Shekinah glory falling in this building. That people will look uh, on the streets and see a glow coming. They'll call the fire department because it's so powerful what's happening here. Father, we don't just say those kinds of things because they sound good. We say them because we believe that's what can happen as you draw near to a people whose hearts are open to you. And these people's hearts are open to you, longing for you, wanting you to find place here. So, Father God, bless this couple. Bless this ministry. Let your fire be upon it, God, that the name of Jesus Christ will be lifted up here. And we pray this all in his powerful, wonderful name. Amen.
We bless you guys. Thanks for coming out and uh, go downstairs. I don't think the cake had been cut, and I don't know if I'm going to be the one to cut it, but we brought it, and we're going to eat it. And if you don't want cake, come down there and hang out and come up to Derek and Mandy. Bless them. Give them a hug and say thank you for doing the House of Prayer. Because of that, this happened. So bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Have a great night. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.